Wrapped up nice and warm and with a bit of alcohol to insulate us against the cold. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 298 of Hand of Pot. We're a group stage away from our 300th episode uh, now that the World Cup is underway over in Russia. Um, and although it's seemingly quite warm in Russia, it is summer there after all, uh, it is distinctly stereotypically Russian weather down here in Buenos Aires at the moment. It's rather chilly. I say that as an English person. We do have somebody here, however, on the table this evening who might find it slightly less cold even than I do. Uh, I'm joined, I'm Sam Kelly, I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello, Sam. Welcome back, Andres. Thank you. With his Argentina <laughs> bobble hat on, yeah. even in the living room, which is actually, I, I think, quite warm, but Andres hasn't taken his jacket off. Um, our, our doorman has a bit of a fanaticism for central heating, and we don't have any switch to close it off we can just open a window so it's quite hot for me um and by a very special guest currently the most famous icelandic person in argentina possibly just the most famous person in argentina right now full stop um <laughs> helgi hrafen gudmundsson i hope i pronounced that correctly yeah that was perfect how are you guys very well how are you helgi i'm like you said um uh, i've had a interesting day um my cell phone has not stopped uh, you know making sounds either whatsapp messages emails or phone calls from argentine journalists wanting you know exclusive interviews <laughs> with me you know which you know that's not a normal day for me i would uh, dare to just uh, admit but it's been interesting uh, obviously, um, uh, Iceland is a very small country, and uh, and there are not many of us all the way down here in Argentina. So I I've just uh, been giving this uh, task of representing my country here. How many Icelanders are there? I mean, I'm assuming you have an idea of the number given how few there are, as you say. Yes, I mean, I, I a few weeks ago, and this is. I'm not exaggerating. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, luckily, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I met another guy. And he has a very Icelandic or, let's say, Nordic name. He's called Odin, like the, uh, son, uh, like the father of Thor. Right. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so uh, the main god in our mythology. So that's a very good name. But yes, yeah, so we are going to watch this game together. And yeah, that's basically the only Icelander I know here. So very possibly the only two Icelanders yeah. in Argentina. But then uh, I was, uh, you know, I was in the, I was actually also in the papers in Iceland. And uh, there was this uh, young uh, girl, a university student that also contacted me. So she's studying here in Buenos Aires. So we would be three people oh. during the game brilliant congratulations thanks finding yeah, a yeah, yeah. I have to admit that I hadn't actually considered uh, inviting you on until I saw the photo that you posted with the Fox Sports journalist oh, yeah. on Facebook <laughs> uh, I, I'll clarify for uh, for our listeners that uh, Helgi is a friend of mine he comes to the Buenos Aires pub quiz sponsor of this episode's podcast um, which I run once a month in, in Buenos Aires in central Buenos Aires uh, so that's how I know him um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Argentine national team itself, obviously, later. But, Helgi, um, congratulations. It, it, it probably sounds patronising to say it a little, but um, what does it feel like to, to have your own team to support at the World Cup and not to be supporting, I guess, I guess a different nation than, than your own at the World Cup for the first time? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely uh, spot on I mean uh, we should you know we should never 
be there, you know. Uh, and uh, I remember, like, you know, it's not that long ago when, you know, I was a teenager or something, and I was like, somebody in my class was playing championship manager, and he had reached the World Cup with uh, in Iceland, you know, managing Iceland. And it just sounded so ludicrous just absolutely uh, you know uh, this is never going to happen you know and but yet here we are and we're playing against Argentina it's it's just remarkable and uh, we should never forget that so I mean just being here is great just thanks and it's a lovely moment you know sorry I think that uh when when you realized that you were going to to play against Argentina, perhaps you at, at first you couldn't believe it, but now I think it's you may think it's possible because you have you had a, a really good Euro 2016, uh, being eliminated in quarterfinals uh, and eliminating England. So yeah, thank you for reminding us about that, Andres. Yep. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, but it's that's the, the that's what happened. So I, I must tell listeners or, or remember uh, make listeners remember this. Uh, but uh, after that, I think, of course, it was two years ago, and you couldn't even imagine that you will be in the World Cup and and uh, playing against one of the perhaps now not candidates but strong teams in the World Cup. So yeah, I mean. Uh, We had played England in the past, and you know that would be like a five-zero route. You know, it's just uh, yes, we uh, we have been raising the bar. That's that's the thing. You know, we raised the bar in the qualifiers. We raised the bar when we went to the Euros, and we raised the bar for ourselves when we beat England. But how for how long can we <laughs> do that? I mean, and I think uh, we're kind of struggling to like. Um, see what's real now I mean uh, we're playing Argentina and, and kind of if you read the headlines in Iceland it's just it's almost like a, just uh, it's a regular thing oh yes we're just playing Argentina on Saturday you know uh, no problem you know but obviously <laughs> it's a gigantic task and I think we just have to stay you know um, very relaxed and just enjoy the moment you know I'm curious about your reaction. I mean, A, the Icelandic press's reaction and the reaction of everybody back in Iceland, mm -hmm. but also your reaction as an Icelander living in Buenos Aires when the draw was made back yeah. in December and when you realised that you were going to be playing Argentina. I mean, are people excited about this? Do people think, oh, shit, this makes it harder for us to qualify? Do people think, yeah, you know what, we're at a World Cup, we want to play the big teams, bring it on? And how do you feel yourself being an, you know, an adopted Argentine, somebody who I know has supported Argentina in in previous exactly. international tournaments no I mean okay first of all for me personally it was uh, just uh, it was like I have been living here in Argentina and Argentina and Iceland they just they never you know there is no relation between those two countries you know so it was like two worlds colliding and my two worlds you know mm. so that's uh, you know it was just uh, strange you know uh, you know I think When it comes to Argentina, we are very just uh, uh, we, we just really like this huge state of world football where, where we're playing against Messi. I think, you know, just doing that is great. But in terms of the group, uh, we, you know, it's a tough group for us. I think we were a little bit uh, frustrated by that. And we we're playing Croatia. We played Croatia and the qualifiers for this World Cup. We played Croatia for the playoffs f uh, for the last World Cup and lost. So we're, we're always meeting Croatia. We're always um, against them. And, well, last time we met in Reykjavik in the qualifiers, we beat them. But, you know, they're a very hard opponent. And I think we're mainly frustrated about them. <laughs> and Nigeria? Yeah, I mean, um, that's just, you know, wonderful. I mean, this is the World Cup. Let's just try our best, you know, kind of attitude, you know. We were talking yesterday when we set this up, um, this, this meeting now, um, about, 
I mean, we mentioned it briefly, so I'm going to ask you for a, a little more of your impression now. The, the fact that I think in, certainly in, in my opinion, I know in Andres' as well, because we've talked about this for the last couple of weeks on, on Hand Pod, um, it appears as if a quite large section of the Argentine press either didn't watch Euro 2016 or have forgotten what happened there. Uh, have you had that impression while they've you know, been interviewing you over the last few days and, and sort of... Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I've, I've been watching the television uh, a little bit and um, they're kind of showing highlights from the last friendly before the World Cup, so that's mm-hmm. like a very short-term uh, uh, analysis, you know. I've not really seen, you know, yeah, mention stuff that we beat England, we beat, uh, you know, Ukraine and Turkey in, and Croatia and the qualifiers. Uh, they kind of sk- skip that part. I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe says something about, uh, you know, it's difficult to kind of um, get informed about such a small... Uh, team or that says something about the Argentine media, I, I just frankly don't know, you know. Um, I feel that uh, the the overall media coverage here of, f- like, in the, for the World Cup is a little bit, uh, you know, uh, stressful, it's negative, it's skewed, uh, you know, I, I don't know, um, in general. So it doesn't really surprise me that the kind of the image of Iceland is slightly off in this whole thing. Mm. How do Iceland play? Because we have sort of discussed this a couple of times in recent weeks and gone, I mean, I remember them in 2016 playing quite an effective Mm. counter-attacking game and certainly being very effective indeed from dead balls. Um, But I also mentioned after the the Haiti friendly, when Jorge Sampaoli walked into the... um, press conference and said, well, I think that uh, Iceland are going to be quite similar opponents to Haiti. And I remember Iceland being quite a bit better than Haiti were in that friendly. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Does, I mean, does he have a point? Or? I don't really know. I mean, I don't know how to classify uh, Haiti, but Iceland, you know, we have a couple of brilliant players. I mean, mm. Gilvis Sigurdsson, who plays for Everton, I mean, he he is a top player, you know. Uh, but then we have also other players that maybe play in, you know, the Swedish, Danish, or Norwegian leagues, but kind of function so well in this system that has been established. Uh, you have to kind of uh, know that we have had almost the same team now for several years, you know, there have been very small changes. It's, it's essentially a ge- uh, one generation that's brilliant and guys that have been playing together for some time, you know. Mm. So it's unity, it's uh, disciplined tactics, and yes, of course, uh, very defensive counter-attacking uh, mentality. And I, I imagine, or at least I think that being just a a small group of players or I mean they are like you say the group is sim- mostly the same than that have been playing together that that it makes that uh, uh, even uh, when we talk about the group of players that are uh, sharing a World Cup the union is, is, is there but with this that you are telling I think it's that is even stronger yes and um, but I mean um these are players that have been in the the national football teams system together for a long time, but many of them never played in, for example, the Icelandic league. Um, I somehow get uh, sometimes read like news articles about the Icelandic football team that oh they have only I don't know two hundred uh, you know active uh, professional footballers or whatever or you know so and so few play in their league. Mm. But the, the truth of it is a little bit, you know, different. I mean, our key players, they all went to uh, the youth systems of fairly big European clubs at a very early 
age 16, 17. Many of them in England, others in Holland, and that's kind of the key thing. These are just so continental uh, European footballers, you know. And so these stats that get thrown around about 200 registered Icelandic footballers, that's 200 registered footballers in Iceland, but I, not I'm necessarily uh, 200 Icelandic footballers yeah, well round. I, I don't really remember what the, the number was or how, you know, but it, I just, it, it doesn't really say the whole thing. You yeah. know? I just feel it's a little bit, yeah. There's a lot of, you know, media coverage about Iceland. It's, it's a little bit too kind of, you know, oh, this is this incredible, uh, strange Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings island that uh, has magical things, you know. And, uh, you know, it gets a little bit too exotic at times, you know. Mm. And probably a little patronizing as well, I imagine. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, we have had very positive, uh, you know, uh, images in the media. But yes, a little bit like that there is something completely out of this world abnormal going on when this is just football, I mean, uh, and and people playing in, you know, Gilvis Sigurdsson was in Reading in England, just, you know, championship team now that, you know, there's nothing out out of this world about that team, but... The skill, you know, has been, um, or, you know, people have been trained at clubs like that, you know. It's nothing, you know, too strange, you know. Yeah, neither second division Icelandic clubs producing these players, nor AC Milan or whatever. Argentina-wise, we'll move on to the national team for a little bit, and then we'll try and tie the two things in together by previewing Saturday's game. Uh, the main thing that has happened, I think I'm right in saying since we last recorded, that Lancini got himself injured? When, when did that happen? No, I think it was... Last on, Friday, wasn't it? Yes, it wasn't... Yeah. Uh, um, so I mentioned it on Handapod Extra for our Patreon supporters. They will have heard um, that possibly a day or two ago. Um, it looks very much... We have a had a headline just before recording on the television, by the way, saying that he's um, been operated on and that it went well. So that's nice. We wish you all the best in your recovery, Manuel, if you're listening, which you're not, but there we are. Um, it looks like he's going to be replaced with Maxi Mesa in the starting lineup. Obviously, in the squad, he's been replaced with Enzo Perez. Um, what do you think of both of those decisions, Andres? Both Mesa for the starting lineup and bringing in Perez for, for the squad overall. Yeah, it's good for Mesa. I think it's it's a surprise, not not surprise, not now uh, because we it will it have been there have been some uh, uh, things that we 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 imagine this, but uh, uh, there were other two changes like uh, Salvio uh, winning his place against Mercado, not against, but I mm-hmm. mean to Mercado, and uh, then Rojo that will be being. We were playing as a second centre back instead of Fazio, which is more that that is a surprise. I think yeah. more than Mesa being in the midfield. Um, and yes, Enzo Perez that has come into the to the squad uh, after Lancini uh, uh, has been injured. Uh, Enzo Perez was in Rio de Janeiro on vacations, and of course he has been called up as an emergency, and and that's why that that will be the the. the the kind of player he will be, an emergency player, I think, not in the uh, even rotation. He could be in the in the sub sub bench, but not. Uh, I don't see him coming in the first match. Um, and as a natural uh, uh, consequence of this, uh, the team appears to be with Caballero finally, not uh, Armani, as, as we have been saying, because of this friendly that hasn't been played. Uh, that couldn't be played because well, the, all the Israel and Palestina problem. Um, so uh, the team appears to be like with Caballero, then Salvio, Otamendi, Rojo, Antaglafico, mm-hmm. Mesa, Mascherano, Migla, the two number five, finally, uh, two center midfielders, I mean, uh, Di Maria, uh, Messi, and Aguero. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult to put it in a system where I mean, you could say. 
two, three, uh, three, two or two, four. Uh, well, I think that the numbers now it's are not the most important. Yeah, and that's something that I'd, um, I've seen mentioned a few times recently, where you know the, the press have been making this big thing of oh, it's going to start as a four-two-three-one, but then on the ball when they're attacking, Salvio will push up, uh, and it will be more of a three-three-two-two with Messi also pushing up yes. to join Aguero, as if this is somehow a, a new thing that formation. And Messi going to move to the centre of the of the field, perhaps. Yeah, uh, um, but certainly the. Um, the expectation will be for Mascherano to drop back and, and I, I think that it's been kind of an under-commented thing with, with there's been so much discussion of, of Mesa's role coming in to replace Lanzini um, that the fact that we've got this central midfield duo of Biglia and Mascherano when as recently as a couple of weeks ago we were expecting it to be Biglia or Mascherano with a more attack-minded player alongside him um, is quite interesting. It looks like Mascherano has won his place in the starting lineup, at least for the group stage, mm. um, based on what Sam Pauli's seen in training, right? I think that what you say is right. Uh, probably Mascherano is thought more to be as a, another as a back, centre back, if Iceland turns to attack, which for Argentinian media is almost impossible. Because uh, mm. uh, they say that Argentina, of course, will have mostly the most uh, percentage of. of the position of the ball and, and the attacking uh, tendency will be for Argentina. But I think that Macherano, that being stuck in the, in the center of the midfield, uh, is like for the beginning. And then, if the situations of the match uh, requ- requires this, he will be more in the, in the back than in the midfield. Yeah, indeed. Uh, with Bigley obviously staying in midfield, the two fullbacks pushing on, so that's a 3 3. And then, as I said, uh, Messi pushing up alongside Aguero, so Messi and Di Maria too. Aguero and Messi too. And Aguero, of course, winning, and this is perhaps surpri- uh, surprising in overall, but not for the last news that it was perhaps said that Aguero will uh, win his place to, to Iwain. Mm. I wonder, the, the thing I'm going to be really interested in is whether Salvio continues at right back after this first game because as you say the expectation certainly of the Argentine press apparently of San Paoli as well is that, Argent- uh, is that Iceland sorry, are going to be the most defensive of Argentina's group opponents let's say and we'll get on to whether we think that's actually going to be true in a, in a few minutes maybe um, but if you're expecting I think you have to expect Nigeria certainly to come out at Argentina more given that yeah, Nigeria yes. did come out at Argentina more as recently as uh, last, when was it, November, October, November? Yes. No. Um, and Croatia, possibly, I don't know. Um, and therefore, whether he's going to stick with Salvio then or whether Mercado will come in or possibly Ansaldi. Um, obviously, Mercado is, is going to be ahead of Ansaldi in the pecking order as long as Mercado is now fit. So, yeah, I, th- I think that Sampoli thinks, uh, uh, agrees with this uh, opinion of, of Argentina attacking and, and Iceland defending because... Mm. That's why he includes Salvio and Talafico to be more attacking than defending because even when, with Salvio, uh, uh, when Sampoli asks uh, Salvio to go uh, to, the, to the box or well, to, to, the, to attack when Argentina has, has the, ball, the possession of the ball and to go back when uh, they lose it, uh, the system is prepared for, for Argentina to be attacking with Salvio and Talafico in the, in the sides and uh, to have a lot of of of, uh, of, of players or, or men there uh, when with when the position with the position of the ball, uh, that is uh, the, the the previous or what that Sapoli thinks, and I think mostly uh, all, all the opinions agree with that. Yeah, he certainly wants Argentina to be protagonistic. Yes, uh, to uh, put in a horrible bit of Spanglish, um, but I couldn't think of the proper word there. To be, to be the protagonists in possession um, of, of the game. And, and from that point of view, I, I think it's a reasonable uh, starting eleven. Obviously, the thinking behind Biglia and Mascherano is that when there are counter-attacks being launched, he'll have those two back to help out the centre-backs so they don't get completely flooded, given that the full-backs are going to be up at the other end of the pitch a lot of the time. Um, I suspect that that's the idea anyway. Um, Aguero, as you say, is edged out Higuain. For... 
other matches, do we think it, it's going to be Mascherano and Biglia all the way through the tournament as the default selection? Or um, well, it's it's, it's so difficult to second guess Sampaoli. This is the thing. Yes, yes. Uh, mostly because he he didn't uh, uh, call a lot of central midfielders, so it's Biglia Mascherano and. Uh, if Mascherano, for example, is tired and or, or he wants to preserve him from the, the other matches, that should be Biglia mm. uh, uh, alone, as as he doesn't have any. Well, Big, Banega, but this I think he has been recovering from from some pains. Yeah, um, Banegas, as some family continues to call uh, him for some <laughs> reason. Um, and or, or Enzo Perez, of course. Yes, yes, that's right. No, I I forgot that Enzo Perez now is in the sub. But I um, mean. I thought Enzo Perez struck me as a kind of a safe pair of feet, let's say, to, to call up in the circumstances. He was obviously a starting 11 player in the final um, in, in Brazil 2014. Uh, yeah, so at least he's got the experience, it's I guess, curious. some of the other names that were mentioned. It's somehow curious because Enzo Perez is set as a midfielder or centre midfielder, uh, as, uh, as, at least at River. Uh, Gallardo put him in that position more mm. is as a classic centre midfielder than a, a, a mixed midfielder. Yeah. But uh, all, all uh, we'll here remember uh, how he played with Messi in the in the final match for the qualifiers and of course the final of the 2014 World Cup. But but mostly in the in the final match of the qualifiers yeah, in, in that game Messi yeah. accepted he was he was probably the best Argentine player on the pitch and apparently that's what ultimately has, has uh, led him to be first reserve if you like um, even though he's had a fairly disappointing six months for River uh, since January Helmi sorry you were saying something before I started talking I was asking about uh, Lo Celso Lo Celso mm. uh, yes he was uh, mostly in the in the first uh, training sessions he was Said to be in the in the starting lineup. Finally, he lost his place, or well, Osampaoli quit him to put more a more balanced like Machano and Biglia uh, midfield. Uh, otherwise, he would have been there, and also Mesa being being in the in the in the team in the main team. Uh, I think has to do even when he basically is replacing Lanzini. Yeah. Um, Yes, it would have been interesting for him to be to be from the beginning, but uh, he insists, insists with Di Maria instead of Pavon, for example, also. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and that's, I think, that the point about Lo Celso is, is, is a good one, and it's why I sort of wonder if Argentina have an opponent against whom Sam Pauli prefers to go for a slightly more defensive fullback setup, say, bring in Mercado instead of. Salvio, who isn't really a fullback, he's a winger, um, and putting him at right back. Will he then think, okay, but in central midfield we can have a slightly better passer and put Lochelso in there instead of either Mascherano or Biglia? Um, I think that's that's going to be interesting to see how he decides to rejig the balance of the team there as well. And uh, apart from that, I think that as the 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 idea of Sampaoli, main or basic idea of Sampaoli is, in this case, I think he will try to to make it real, which is to win the matches through the sides. With, well, of course, in this case, Alvio and, and Dagrafico could be Acuna in another, another case. Uh, Mercado, but I think Mercado is more a, a natural, like you say, right back instead of Salvio, who is a, a, a mix. He could, he could work as a, as a right back and as a right wing, but uh, he has that mixed f- function. Yeah. And Mercado, I think, is more a classic right back, even when he can surprise in attack. So I'm going to bring these two together now. We've talked a bit about Iceland and <laughs> particularly the expectations and we've talked a bit about Argentina and, and the personnel issues that they've been having. Um, what are we actually all expecting from Saturday's match? We've already had one, I'm going to say, slightly surprising result in this World Cup. Uh, we're recording after Russia uh, thrashed Saudi Arabia. Um, I say surprising because... I was expecting both of them to be about as bad as each other, and actually it turns out that Saudi Arabia quite a lot worse than <laughs> Russia were. Um, but, so I mean, we've already had one game that was much more open than expected, let's say. What are we expecting from Argentina-Iceland? Are we expecting anything? I think it will be a more tight match than media and, well, Sampoli, I think, thinks. 
um, I think Argentina will finally get the result they are working looking for for a start for a first match I think the most important thing is to win of course it's better to win by three or four goals than for one or two that's for for mathematics but uh, it won't be as, as easy as perhaps uh, well Sampoli thinks when when mm. you you recall his his uh, uh, declarations uh, after the match against Haiti that Iceland will be like that um, so I I still well I if I if I uh, read the, the, the perhaps the the Argentinian media and the, what they say about Iceland I, I should say that uh, they play like a long ball or direct ball team with uh, trying to take advantage of the throw-ins with Gunnarsson, the captain and the one who apparently uh, does the, be the best in that in, in the throw-ins, uh, putting them in the box perhaps. That's the, perhaps the opinion that we have here about Iceland, but he, here we have an Iceland, uh, someone from Iceland to, to clarify this. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be very surprised if it's it's if it's going to be an extremely easy game for Argentina. I, th I think that's uh, not realistic. On the other hand, I, I mean, one should expect Argentina to win this game, you know. But given Iceland's track record, I mean, um, there is no given here, neither for, you know, Iceland nor its opponent I don't know there's something uh, there's an X factor there to use a horrible uh, word uh, about Iceland that I hope is still there I don't know I, I mean this is uh, the biggest sta states that we have ever seen and so I hope that we can maintain what we have shown in the qualifying groups uh for for you know the for these big tournaments and what we did in the Euros, so you know again it would surprise me if it's an easy game for Argentina. But um, I don't know. Like we were saying, I don't know how well Argentina knows Iceland. So that I mean, there's an unknown quantity there as well. Yeah, and if they can spring a surprise, yeah. Um, Obviously, we know Argentina pretty well, just because yeah. of, uh, you know, uh, how things work in world football, you know. Um, so, let's see. I, I think also, I mean, the pressure is on Argentina. The pressure yeah. is not on Iceland. We go into this uh, game as just, you know, whoa, let's just have fun and let's just have a nice game here and you know while you know if Argentina fails to win this game they you know they're uh, they will be under tremendous pressure so you know yes. I, I think that Argentina does know very much Iceland and I think that this is in part because uh, well Sampoli doesn't want to know a lot about their rivals but to try to build a team a, a proper team or, or a, a his image. own team yeah. yes uh, and uh, uh, I compare him with in, uh, only in that uh, in that matter with for example Bielsa I think that if Bielsa uh, uh, was the were the, the the coach he would have watched every game of Iceland from the, the, the his first match ever <laughs> to the last one because he was crazy about that and he would have watched all of the videos and and and, and explained the, the Argentine players what Iceland would do to to cancel their attacks or to mm. to to block them mm. uh, or even when they when Iceland attacks what Argentina should do in this case I think it doesn't uh, it didn't happen because uh, uh, <coughs> and and this is perhaps something to understand because Sapoli had a lot of problems with the team although I have read one or two. Uh Comments and, and in recent days, which suggest to me that since those Haiti comments, Sampaoli has actually sat down and probably watched a couple of Iceland matches. He, he okay. seems to be aware of the threat from set pieces, for instance. 
why he's then decided that Marcos Rojo is the ideal person uh, to come in at centre-back, I don't know. He's tall, though. We'll see. He is. Federico Fascio's not. In that case, he could have uh, included Fascio as a a centre-back and and Rojo as a left-back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or hopefully he's been spending well hopefully from the Argentine point of view he's been spending a lot of time training both of them on how to concentrate at set pieces uh, more than they normally do but um, yeah I think it's going to be interesting at least and I'm kind of I, I, I quite strongly suspect that it's going to be quite similar to Argentina's group games in the last World Cup um, Iran with- with, in a way, there's a sort of difference because Argentina at the last World Cup went into it at the very beginning expecting to play the similar kind of very fast-paced counter-attacking style that had done them so well in the previous qualifiers and were frustrated by the fact that none of their opponents wanted to come out against them, apart from Nigeria, of course, who, who Argentina did score a few goals against. Um, and this time round, they've clearly got a manager who isn't interested in playing that fast-paced attacking game, who wants to, to be much more as I say, protagonistic in the match and to, to go and play Argentina's own game. And they might be frustrated by the fact they haven't been playing under him for long enough to be able to play it that smoothly. On the other hand, maybe there's a surprise in store. Argentina have played fewer friendlies than anybody else in this tournament um, coming into it. Mm. And so just, I don't know, maybe everything's come together on the training pitch. We only get 15 minute snatches on the television. Um, and the journalists who cover the national team only get 15 minute snatches even when they're allowed into training. Who knows? Yes. It's, it's a tricky one to call. Heldy, from the Icelandic point of view, the media particularly, and also the fans back home, what do you think they would consider a good result? Do, is a draw going to be enough, or, or will, they need to, will Iceland need to, to grab a late winner or something if, for people to be really over the moon? No, I mean, a draw would be just uh, uh, an amazing result for us. I mean... Um, or I hope nobody is thinking that we should win this game. I mean, uh, just uh, we need to just uh, stay um, in reality, you know. And I think, uh, I mean, Heimir Hartkemsson, that's the coach, uh, I mean, his approach will obviously be to cancel out Messi and uh, the rest of the attacking uh, players and their game, you know. Uh, and hope that you know uh, counterattacks or you know the situation can give us a single goal. You know that would be mm. very nice for us. I mean, um, I think we are experienced also in these games. I mean, our first game in the Euros uh, was against Portugal and Cristiano. So. In that game, arguably, uh, Iceland cancelled out Ronaldo, you know, and uh, so I guess it will be, in many ways, a repeat of our debut in uh, in the European Championships, you know. Mm. And what do you see as? Let's see how to ask this. First of all, Argentina. Where do we all think they're going to finish in this group? With the the pressure of obviously not having seen them in very many matches against proper opponents. Mm -hmm. No disrespect to Haiti so far this year. But maybe we should then ask ourselves, are Croatia any good? Uh, Are Nigeria any good? Precisely, yeah. I mean, are Argentina going to qualify for the round of 16? I'm going to stick my neck out and say yes. Yes, I would think so. Uh, First or second in the group? I think is genuinely hard to call. Yeah. Uh, after the disaster, the horror show against Spain, um, and having not had a chance to look at them since then, and to see how well the squads come together over the last month. I think that they will end in the first position of the group. Uh, I think Croatia uh, has had since uh, I don't know twenty years ago or. Or something like that. Good teams with good players, but the only great result I remember from them is the 1998 third place they they got with Dabur Sukar. Yes. Yeah. Uh, after that, they, they they had story good players, and now they that's not the except the exception with, especially in the midfield. I, I envy 
uh, their midfield with Rakitic and Modric, well, the, the Barcelona and Real Madrid, of course, pair up. On a good day, obviously, Croatia can yes. beat yes. almost anyone, and with Modric and Mandzukic and all these yes. players. I mean, but Perisic also. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I haven't been watching, you know, friendly games from all around the world. I mean, I, I just, I, I, you know, if we're only basing it on Argentina, Iceland, it's, it's kind of hard to know. Yeah. Do, what chance do you give Iceland of getting out of the group? I mean, that's uh, you're asking me a very difficult question. Yeah, I, I want to be positive, and I think uh, that's just kind of our mood in uh, in Iceland. It's just you know, let's just go and let's just have fun, uh, and uh, we we are not under this pressure, you know, uh, that you know Messi is under, you know, uh, so. Yeah. I mean, maybe that in itself can uh, is uh, is something that can uh, help us. But I mean, uh, if we get a draw against Argentina and then win Nigeria, let's say, then you know everything is possible. You know, but so the, the fixture order for Iceland is Argentina first, then Nigeria, isn't it? I've just checked on my watch up, and then Croatia in the last match. But obviously, Argentina have got Croatia second, Nigeria. Last, which given Argentina's recent performances against Nigeria might be a fortunate thing, maybe, or it could be a real bum squeaker, um, to coin a phrase from Mr. Alex Ferguson. Um, we shall have to wait and see. I'm going to take a break now, we're going to refill our glasses, and when we come back we're going to answer some listeners' questions, which inevitably, because we did tweet about Helvi's presence um, during the afternoon, uh, are quite Iceland focused as well so hopefully there's not going to be too much overlap I've deliberately stayed clear of one or two of the themes that I have seen pop up um, so we're going to answer some listeners questions in a few minutes don't go away begin this second half I will just remind people as we begin this World Cup uh, series that you can become a Patreon supporter of Hand of Pod for that you get an extra well for five dollars or more per month you get an extra episode or two very short episodes 10-15 minutes I think the one I did on uh, the other evening Tuesday evening myself was uh, about seven or eight minutes um, rounding up the last few days news, giving a few of my own thoughts once a week and then once a week immediately after recording these main episodes um, the the team uh, as a whole we record an extra 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, we hope that if you're a Hand of Pod patron already on Patreon uh, that you enjoy these. If you can hear my cat meowing in the background then please try to ignore her, she's fine she's just been shutting in the bedroom because she's a bit hyperactive before we started recording um, we thank you very much if you've already become a supporter and if you want to become one, you can do so at patreon.com that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N um, slash hand of pod it's a very nice and easy address to remember we thank you for all of the support that you give us uh, it means a lot and it means that I can give these guys a little bit of cash as well uh, for their trouble, which is wonderful on to the questions now Ronnie Mazumda says how will Iceland approach the game? I think that we've probably answered that one um, already, hopefully, to, to Ronnie's satisfaction. And then he says, it's probably Masche and Biglia starting, starring in 2018. If Sampaoli is focused on the flanks, as Sambio is starting on, at right back, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, who is going to finish his crosses off, given Aguero and Messi's height? Do you see a, do you see a draw as a bad start for Argentina? I think the point about the crossing... Although obviously not all crosses have to be high, as it were, um, is an interesting one. Playing a team like Iceland and deciding to attack down the wings is something that you would think they're going to be relatively comfortable with dealing with, no? Yeah, I mean, if we have anything that's uh, the height against Argentina, 
But let's not forget that Messi scored uh, in a Champions League final against Van der Sar, a header. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Um, we obviously want to uh, um, benefit, benefit from that in set pieces and uh, and stuff. I don't know. But how small are the Argentines? I mean... Um, yes. I would say they've got to be one of the smallest starting 11s. Mm. At least... In, from sort of beyond the centre backs, uh, particularly if, given that Iguain's going to be on the bench, um, I would say they have to be one of the shortest attacking starting 11s in the tournament. Yeah, the only tall tall players in the starting lineup are yes, Di Maria, Mesa, will be and, and Rojo. And Di Maria is not going to be winning any challenges with his head, no. is he? <laughs> no. no, he doesn't do anything with his head in either sense of the phrase. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think clearly, uh, I don't think that we're going to be expecting Argentina to be sending in a lot of high crosses for precisely that reason. That they'll be trying to play it along the ground um, more than anything. Uh, but it will be interesting to see the I, I think variations. that the, I, I'm trying to put myself into Sampaoli's head, uh, but I think that he doesn't think on, on, on crosses, but on Salvio and Talafico to be uh, like socios or to be uh, integrated with Messi mm. because and we to know open up the pitch and to keep every to keep the Icelandic fullbacks yes. pushed wide and to Messi needs someone like Riquelme for example needed at Boca a great right or and left backs mm. to put the ball to try to 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 charge to to, to put the ball uh, in the sides and not necessarily to to end up in crosses yeah. because of course Aguero and, and, and the, the, the same and, and Messi itself, himself, uh, aren't uh, tall, tall like we are talking about the height, to, to uh, get crosses. So I think that the idea of Sampoli is that to, to have size, place in size for Messi to have the socios. In short, huh, an unintentional pun there, in short, uh, <laughs> expect more dashing to the byline and pulling the ball back rather than crossing high up and from deep. <coughs> Um, Conor Gallagher says is Banega better coming off the bench when Argentina are a goal ahead he can slow down the game and control possession um, I think it's a good point I, I can't remember whether I said last week or not that Banega can be infuriatingly inconsistent and can play one game really well for Argentina and then seems to play the next one awfully and I think he's probably less of a risk in those terms coming off the bench when the situation of the game is known if Argentina are behind and they need something, then he maybe comes off the bench a little more pumped up. And if they're ahead and he knows what he has to do, then I guess it's less of a risk than putting him in the starting lineup and potentially having a brilliant player for the match or potentially just wasting a spot in the starting lineup. In fact, I see Enzo Perez, whether he's good physically, in his physical form, before uh, or as a first option uh, ahead of, of Banega. Because of this, we have been talking about that he was. Uh, not recommended, but he was recognized by Messi as a as a player that can, can play with him. Uh, I think that Banega hasn't had that privilege. Uh, for example, uh, he has recently been talking well of Pavon at Mesa. We don't know whether he they they both will end up in, at Barcelona. But when Messi says this, that's not a, a stupid thing. He knows what he's talking about, yeah. and I think that if uh, he uh, there are, there is a player like Banega in the field that is needed, and and if Enzo Perez is good physically, he will be there instead of uh, Banega. Any thoughts, Helmi? I, mean, I I keep forgetting, but you you do actually watch the Argentine team yourself as well. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I've been speaking to people all week and. Uh, you know about this game, and I just I just think about one game for Argentina, Iran in the 2014 World Cup, mm. where you know it was. You know Iran is hardly a you know a world class team, and still they frustrated Argentina to the brink when what Messi scored in the 91st minute or something like that. Yeah. I mean that can happen too. I mean. We're very good at cancelling people out, so I don't know what happened in that game, but are Argenti- is Argentina better? That's maybe just another question. I mean, is Argentina better in this World Cup than in the last or worse? I mean, 
yeah, yeah. coming into it worse undoubtedly yes. so, mm. until it begins you never know do you uh, Stephen Hooley says how many games at the World Cup will we see Maradona in the crowd will it be more than 20 well I, I, I have been watching I watched recently that he had some problems to in, in access to the, the stadium I was going to say isn't he is he, he was there today or is somewhere yes. else he is in Russia he was in, in the stadium today. Oh, well, there we go. That's one yeah. of the... Yeah, so we... Know, one out of what? 64? I don't know. Not every match because there are, are only a few... Uh, at least I think tomorrow there will be three matches. Well, all of these well, there will be three. But only a few... Not, not a lot of time between uh, every match. So I don't know whether he will be a lot of matches in the stadiums. Uh, uh, at least... Uh, or uh, unless he's uh, in a very good form... I don't think so. I'm not sure how many he was at in Brazil. It was at all of Argentina's apart from the Would final. Be. Is that right? I don't. Think, I can't remember seeing. Him. I don't. I, 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 I neither remember. He was, he was certainly at all of them up to the semi. I can't remember whether he was at the final or not. Um, and I can't remember how many others. There must have been some. But I mean, the distance is covered. The reason I'm mentioning Brazil is that the distance covered between venues is going to be fairly similar. Russia is bigger than yeah. well, it's not. It the, is, but they're using a much smaller bit of Russia. Yes. Uh, well, they're not spread over the whole whole country. It would have been interesting to see if they had. But um, I think Maradona <laughs> has uh, he has a special kind of deal with uh, the the organizers of the World Cup. He he's doing something for uh, for the whole thing. Uh, I remember what some you know he's an ambassador for you know the World Cup or something like that. No, yeah, I think he's not working. Speaking every opportunity he can about how uh, corrupt FIFA. He was a, a, like a, um, some Emirates Arab Emirates. It's probably yeah. I think he but commentated for them during the last World Cup as well, didn't he? And he signed something recently yeah. to. But no, he's a Belarus uh, coach or something like that. Yeah. He, he, he has a way of uh, making friends with uh, strong men or even dictators, you know. Uh, Putin seems to like him. And, you know, Lukashenko, the last dictator of uh, Europe uh, in, yeah, in uh, uh, Belarus, he seems to like him too because he's coaching a team there now or something. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, isn't it? For he, he was friends with Gaddafi too, so. uh, and yet he never knew what was going on in Napoli. He he, he didn't know that there was a, a, a mafia gang there. No, I don't know. If, if you read his autobiography, anyway, yeah. it's remarkable. It's strange that he's not the coach of Napoli, for example. Uh, being such an idol, like I don't there. think it's that strange. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> I do because he's uh, like an idol. Even when he did, he's not at, at his best times. Yeah, he was. He never. He was never touched there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say he was drunk, he was in drugs or whatever, and <coughs> the only place in the world where he feels at home is Naples. Mm. But uh, last World Cup, he had his television show on uh, Venezuela's state television, uh, Telesur. Did you watch that? Oh, I've forgotten about that. that was oh, yes. he's, he's doing yeah. that again, I guess. So the, the, This is a Venezuelan television um, news uh, channel that gets broadcast across South America, by the way, for the benefit of listeners, so we got to watch it here as well. But also on YouTube and stuff, because yeah. they're very text... Uh, yeah, I caught one on the second day of the World Cup or something, because mm. we, we have it on direct TV, which I also had in the flat I was living in during the last I think World he's now at a TV show with, and again, with Victor Hugo Morales, yeah. the Uruguayan yeah. commentator. Those two uh, get along quite well ever since that goal. Those goals against England. Uh, Stephen Hooley also asks, does Helgi have any insider information about Iceland? Are there any multi-pack frozen meal deals on offer that we should know about? I'm going to have to explain this one for the benefit of Andres and probably all of our non-British listeners. Uh, There is a British supermarket called Iceland, which Helgi says... Uh, Yes, I guess just for fun, they... Opened the brands in, uh, they opened the shop in Iceland, so Iceland itself. And there was, there was actually, I don't know how serious that was, but there was a lawsuit that uh, Iceland, this British supermarket, filed where it was claiming the, uh, you know, the trademark for the name Iceland. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Um, well, I, I, one of the things that's interesting about uh, Iceland this time is that uh, there is a young player, very young player, I think he's 18. He plays for PSV Eindhoven, 
and mm-hmm. he has not really been giving a chance in the first team there, but he has been playing for the youth team there. Obviously, uh, you know, one of these Dutch uh, teams that have great youth setups. And he, he's called Albert Guimundsson, and his great grandfather. He was actually uh, f- Iceland's first uh, professional footballer, and he played actually it was the, I think in the 1940s, 50s, for uh, teams like Arsenal, AC Milan. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, and he was a very established guy, uh, and um, actually became a politician in Iceland and um, was a candidate for uh, you know presidential elections. You know, if you're Icelandic, you you're you know you do everything, right? You're you're a footballer and you're a politician and you're probably a janitor also. You know, but well, the coach. And actually, Albert, the young guy I'm talking about, Albert, he's he's a very nice, you know, he's a quick guy, you know, he's our kind of secret weapon, for, you know, for attacking option, but very good on the ball and uh, could do something, you know, he, he, he would be, yeah, he, he could come in late in the game and, you know, run and be quick and... Uh, so he's not going to be starting, he's going to no, be... No, 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 he's not going to be starting. Super sub. No, no, no. So uh, that's one of those. Uh, insider knowledge, I guess. Um, um, I don't know. And what what was this guy's name? Albert Gudmundsson. Gudmundsson. Okay, if sorry. Gudmundsson. You know. uh, okay. Actually, my last name too. You know. Ah, okay, right. Oh. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for that. Jamie says, "Are we going to see the same Icelandic girls in the crowd in Russia that we saw at Euro 2016?" And now for a serious question. Are any of the Gudjonsson family still involved in the Iceland setup? If I recall correctly, Ida replaced his father for Iceland, and I think Ida now has a son who plays. It occurred to me when reading this tweet that this is actually a slightly complicated question to be able to answer from a non-Icelandic person, because you have you don't use surnames, you use patronyms. So Ida Gudjonsson's son is not called something Gudjonsson, he's called something Iderson, I'm guessing, right? Uh, well, this is a little bit complicated. Okay, first the girls. I mean, probably going to be the same girls because we're so few people, and you know, I guess they will just, you know, uh, they will be there again. Uh, actually, I mean, this is going to be a long story. Iceland does not use last names, as in family names that go uh, from uh, a generation to another generation. We have patronymic uh, last names. So my dad is called Guðmundur and I'm Guðmund's son because I'm his son. And my son is going to be called Helga's son because I'm Helgi. And your daughter would be Helga's daughter. Yes, yeah. exactly. But the Gudjonsson clan, uh, they actually uh, were some generations ago, somebody was called Guðjonsson and they changed it to Guðjonsson or Guðjonsson to make it look more Danish and took it up as a last name. So they actually oh. have a last kind oh, of family I, name. I apologise to Jamie for yeah. correcting him then. Wow. And, he, and Eider Guðjónsson or Eider Guðjónsson who played for Chelsea and Barcelona his dad was a very uh, good footballer too and he was called Arnor Guðjónsson and he played in Belgium uh, for um, a number of teams and you know he was a great footballer and now, uh, either I, I did, has actually a couple of sons, three, three sons, I think, uh, and the youngest one now is a very, uh, uh, he is playing in the youth setup of Espanol, and he actually was reported the other day to have the option to go either to uh, Barcelona or Real Madrid, uh, obviously youth systems but he is only I, I don't know how old he, he is uh, 12 or something so but that's one to <laughs> remember oh. you know after a few years but Ada does have a son who replaced him or, or is the, is the, this young kid is the only one no I, I mean he has uh, I think he has three sons and uh, they are all playing football but uh-huh. uh, the most uh, kind of uh, up and coming bright uh, Footballing star is this youngest guy who is playing in Spain. 
Wow, it's okay. We'll look out for her. Yeah, remember that name. <laughs> Yusuf Amin says, "How stupid is Sampaoli's reported formation? Why is he playing two defensive number fives against an inferior team?" Well, <laughs> it's uh, that, that's something that uh, is really hard to to, to answer because uh, taking into account all of the previous information about Iceland that at least I think Sampoli has. Uh, he should play with perhaps a one midfielder, center midfielder, and then all attacking uh, style players. But finally, he decided to to have another perhaps balanced balanced team, or at least have, like we said, uh, Machano playing more in the in the defense than in the midfield when the the ball is running. Mm. Of course, the formation will be with Machano in the center midfield, but then we will have to see whether uh, he finally is there or. When Argentina, when Salvio and Taglafico are uh, all in attack, he's in the back or in the midfield. Yeah, and also, of course, those two together will help to screen the defenders so that it's a little bit harder to hit them on the counter attack. As I said earlier, when when the uh, when the wing backs or full backs are, are at the other end of the pitch, Juan Van Juan Fran Villanueva or possibly Villanueva. I don't know whether you're Argentine, Uruguayan, or not, Juan Fran says, could it be because against the big teams, two defensive number fives will start, so we'd rather have the same 11 from the start to develop that dynamic. That is another possibility. Yes. Um, Daniel Edwards, our very own English Dan, says, is it true that Iceland is quite green, while Greenland is full of ice? The latter one is certainly true. Uh, yes, it, it's a little bit... There is, a tr- there is truth in that. Actually, this kind of uh, phrase, which uh, is kind of somehow... Uh, you know, it's in the popular culture, kind of. Uh, I think I heard it the first time in a film called Mighty Ducks 2, which starred Emilio, <laughs> Emilio Estevez as this uh, ice hockey coach. And his team, Mighty Ducks, were uh, facing the Iceland national hockey team. Iceland, by the way, is not good in ice hockey. Uh, but anyway, you play bandy more, right? Yeah, uh, that that no, we play handball. handball right. <laughs> yeah. I must That's a nice story. Sweden, possibly. But that, yeah, and, and in one scene, he's uh, talking to an Icelandic uh, lady, and he and and somehow that phrase uh, has been stuck in uh, the popular culture ever since. So is th- there is a lot of ice in Iceland, then? Yeah, there's actually uh, no, no, no. I mean, uh, I mean, what, what do you mean, though? I mean, there are glaciers. Greenland uh-huh. is, uh, you know, is covered with a glacier. Yes. Iceland has a few glaciers, but it's green. Yes, we have, you know. Iceland, if I'm not mistaken, just means island, doesn't it? No, it means land of ice, Iceland. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, it's actually, uh, I don't know if how uh, how much it's truth is in it. this, but uh, the guy who f- f- uh, settled was the first Viking to settle Greenland. He had been living in Iceland, and he he was actually made to leave Iceland because uh, he had killed somebody, so they sent him away. And he found Greenland, and he said, "Ah, I'm gonna be clever here." I'm going to put a name on this country that sells. Greenland, mm. it's very green, people will come. So that, that's the story. Fascinating. I genuinely mean that. That's um, really interesting. I realise that I might have sounded sarcastic, that's just my voice, but no, that, that's really interesting. Uh, thank you for that. We have no other questions. So thank you for English Dan for a, a question which turned out to be possibly a little bit more informative than he probably meant it to be. Um, and now... I think that's it. Uh, I think we press stop and then in a few minutes time or in a minute or so we, we record a quick five or ten minutes for our Hand of Pod Extra listeners. Uh, I am trying to work out when we next record because Argentina play Iceland on Saturday and then they play Thursday. It will have Croatia. to be perhaps before the second half, second match because the second yeah. match is on Thursday. Let's have a quick Thursday, look at the wall chart. Thursday, sorry. You've got Argentina against Croatia on the 21st, which, as you say, is Thursday, Andres. Yes. And then against Nigeria on the 26th, which is going to be... 
Tuesday yes. the next yeah. week. So I, I'm just wondering whether we should try to fit in one episode after each group stage game, or whether we just stick to recording. Well, one perhaps week. on Thursday, uh, just after the matches, uh, second match has been played. Yeah, we'll have to will see be, when um, yes. when people are available. Well, when you're available, basically. And Helgi, if you if you want to come back next week and uh, review the Iceland game with us particularly, then then you're very welcome to. I'll I'll make sure to invite you again. Um, thank you both of you for coming thank you listeners for listening again please as ever share, retweet, give us praise uh, if you've got criticisms then try to keep them to yourselves uh, I, I did get a tweet last week from somebody who wants us to buy a new microphone because he wasn't happy with the sound quality he, he says it's but, impossible to understand us but so after that critic he, he, he admitted he was a Boca fan uh, so that yeah, I mean, he, he said he wasn't going to send us any money for a new microphone because we're River fans so how serious he was being, I'm not really sure. I, I did listen to the, the last couple of episodes as they went up on SoundCloud afterwards to see, is it, is it just me? Am I being a little bit sensitive? Is the sound quality that bad? And I thought, no, at least on my computer speakers, it's easy enough to understand. So if you have any problems with the sound quality, uh, uh, keep them to yourselves. We only I, get a tweet like that. that I, s- I know that I don't music. speak that clear because I am not an English-based no, no, his problem was very much with the microphone and not with your accents. Um, okay. So if you're going to give us those uh, criticisms, then please, if you want to send us... I mean, this thing costs $200. So if you want us to improve on the microphone, you're going to have to pay for it yourself. Send me like $400 and I'll see what I can do. Otherwise, either put your money where your mouth is or shut up. Thank you. Uh, and for now, it's goodbye and thank you from Andres. Goodbye, thank you. From Helgi. Tak, tak, or bless. Thank you for being with us, and goodbye, and thank you from me. Goodbye.